Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit or graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Broadcasting Undead from the B-Ward, this is the Postmortem Show. I'm Dom. And I'm JD. And today, we're going to give you our horror movie kids battle royale. There can be only one. Locking the kids in the cage and see who comes out. (laughs) So we've done a couple of these in the past. We did our douchebags. What was the other one we did? It was like shitty villains or something like that. Oh, worst horror movie villain yeah, battle royale. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah, too. Biff won that one. <laughs> I believe he did on a technicality. <laughs> He's not invited to the tournament, right? This this year, but. yeah. So yeah, we're doing our horror kids battle royale news, and before we get to our horror news this week, um, we're gonna have some postmortem show T-shirts. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. We got Japanese deathmatch wrestling artist. Sayozawa, who did my JD Horror Biting the Light Tubes yeah. shirts, and he's done a bunch for Masada, Junkusai, all the best. Mick Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley. Those are all people that aren't even Japanese, yeah. <laughs> besides Junkusai. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, he made an awesome logo with, we, we like to call it HP Biff Craft. <laughs> so, yeah, check them out. Postmortemshow.com. We're going to be posting the image, and uh, they're going to be available. If you're a patron, you're going to get a discount. And if you're a $50 patron, you're going to get it for free. And you're going to get it for free. Yeah, 50 plus gets it for you for free. If not, it's going to be $25 postage included. We will be making a little commercial, which you'll hear every episode. <laughs> so buy our fucking shirts. Yeah, so we don't have to do that. Sell us out. We're also uh, debuting a new segment today. We are. Professor Biff's Time Machine. Professor Biff's Time Machine. What is this segment, Tom? So it's a little idea I had because, you know, there's a bunch of older horror movies that I want to watch, and we focus more on watching new stuff as it comes out, so I don't always have time. So I made up a reason to have time. Basically, it's we're going to take movies that were made before the year 2000 that neither of us have seen, ones that have slipped under our radar. We're going to watch two of them for the segment, and we're going to review them. 
Yeah, and they're going to be from the 80s or the 90s. Yep. So, looking or forward to Or earlier if we find something interesting. I guess so, yeah. I was thinking more it's like Time Machine of when we were alive or like in our childhood, movies yeah. we missed. Yeah. You know? But uh, I guess it's up to Biff. But uh, one more thing before we get to horror news. Um, right here in the studio, which used to be my garage, was converted into a podcast studio slash band practice slash bar slash... NHL 18 Gaming Center. <laughs> slash Anyways, movie theater. Slash movie theater, yeah. Anyways, uh, Bird thinks the projector is outside, gets stuck in here for almost two days. <laughs> and Biff was terrified of it. Biff got in my lap, scared of a little bird. Wow. Professor Biff, my ass. Yeah. He's no, what do you call a professor that studies animals? Zoologist. Zoologist. Yeah. Biffologist. <laughs> he's definitely a biffologist. He studies biff. That's what he knows. And apparently time travel. <laughs> Alright, enough of the bullshit. Let's get to some horror news. Horror news. So I've got one here that I'm, I'm actually not going to make too many jokes about because it's a really, really fucked up story. But it's something that is totally... Something that's on postmortem's radar. It's a real life thing. So it's a real life yeah, horror news. It's a huh? real life horror news. So last April, a very sick and strange murder suicide took place. Eighteen year old Katie Fusco, raised by adoptive parents, met her birth parents, Stephen and Alyssa Plattle. Alyssa was only fifteen when she gave birth to the child and put her up for adoption when she discovered that her twenty year old boyfriend had been molesting the baby. For whatever reason, Alyssa still eventually married Stephen, likely due to something like Stockholm Syndrome because he was physically and emotionally abusive to her. 23 years later, when Katie met her birth parents, she got along with them very well, and uh, they uh, invited her to live with them in their home in Henrico County, Virginia. Soon after, Stephen began sleeping in her bedroom. This is her birth father. When Alyssa figured out that the two of them were engaging in an incestuous sexual relationship, she took her kids, left, and immediately filed for divorce. Five years later, Katie and Stephen married, lying on their forms that they were not related. Katie's adoptive parents, Tony and Kelly Fusco, were apprehensive about this arrangement, but decided to support her because they felt there was nothing they could do to stop her and didn't want to damage their relationship with their adopted daughter. Photographs even exist of the Fuscos posing with their daughter and her husband father on their wedding day. Soon what the af- fuck? Yeah. Soon after the marriage, Katie became pregnant with Stephen's child. She gave birth to her son, Bennett, and the family moved to Nightdale, North Carolina. Is that where they filmed the episode of X-Files called Home? <laughs> <laughs> Nightdale, North Carolina. Yeah, this is about Apparently as fucked so. up. Yeah. At that point, fearing for the safety of the child, Stephen's former wife, Alyssa, called the police. The two were arrested on incest charges. Stephen's mother was given custody of the child, and the judge annulled the marriage and ordered the couple to not see each other. Of course, they didn't abide by the order. Though Katie moved back in with I, her... You can't judge me. The heart wants what the heart wants. And it wants my biological daughter wife. <laughs> Though Katie moved back in with her adoptive parents, she and Stephen continued to see each other for a while, but Stephen soon became abusive to her and she broke up with him. Stephen went nuts. On April 12th of this year, he kidnapped his son and former wife slash daughter, killing her adoptive father, Tony Fusco, in the process. He killed Katie Bennett and then took his own life. He killed Katie and Bennett and then took his own life in the house in Dover, New York. So this was all last month. This, wow. This dude 
married or, or murdered his uh, daughter, wife, and child. That's that's the kind of shit you don't hear on the news every day. Don't yeah, you? yeah, it, it's something that totally. Way to start us off on a bright fucking news segment. Well, I'm, I'm get, I've got brighter news segments afterwards. I want oh, to I get got this one out of the way. <laughs> don't way to bring the mood of the show down. You know, th- th- this is something though that like. Well, I guess it's going to be horror movie kids battle. Okay, yeah, also, yeah, we're going to have kids killing each other. So you know, um, but yeah, this is something that has totally gone under the radar on the news, and it popped up on the New York Post, which you know isn't the most reliable source. But then I started doing deeper research on it and found out that actual like news outlets that are legitimate were covering it also, just kind of on the down low, and it wasn't making headlines. Probably because there's not going to be a court case, but like. Her fucking adoptive parents should have stepped in. I don't give a shit if she's 18. You know? Yeah. yeah you, you don't say uh, we don't want Everyone wanna... in the story is a bad guy. Yeah, we, we don't want to damage our relationship with our adoptive daughter. Fuck that. If you can't tell her don't marry that guy and she won't listen to you, call the fucking cops. Yeah, or else you're going to produce a child like Biff. Yeah, there, no good like could Biff. come from that situation. Don't marry your biological parents. <laughs> I'm going to kind of bring the mood up here, Don. All right. Do you remember... Creepy crawlers, the like to- the toy bugs. Crawlers, yes, the little gummy worms you could make at home with the ooze and shit. It was like an easy bake oven for boys. It even spawned a short-lived cartoon show. Really? Now Paramount is giving us the movie that we never even needed. Huh? Not much. Not much is known about the film other than it's going to be based on the classic toy molds of all sorts of creepy and slimy bugs. What the fuck? Exploitation. Bring the mood up? No. Now, now, see, now this is two segments in a row of bullshit. You know what, though? Look what you've done. There is a very, very slim chance that that might be good. Because <laughs> that the Battleship movie was way better than it had any right to be. I would never fucking watch it that was, shit. It was entertaining. So, you know, it could possibly could possibly be good. If anything, maybe they'll see a resurgence of Creepy Crawlers as toys. That's all I gotta say about the fucking creepy crawlers. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. Okay. The Todd McFarlane directed Spawn film is moving forward under Bloomhouse Entertainment. Last week it was officially announced that Jamie Foxx will take on the role of Al Simmons, the CIA black ops agent who eventually becomes the titular demonic soul hunter. Apparently Fox is a huge fan of the comic uh, series and has been discussing the part with McFarlane for the last five years. But McFarlane tweeted this, uh, or last week, Yes, folks, you heard it right. We have cast Spawn in the upcoming Spawn movie, produced by Bloomhouse, and I'm excited to tell you good people that the talented Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx has accepted the role. This is the first big step and more exciting announcements to come, as promised. I will keep you all updated first on my page right here. I don't know about that. I don't know if he's the right choice. Jamie Foxx is a hell of an actor. And every time I've I've seen him in a role where I've thought, I don't Terry know... Cruz. Oh, or fucking Michael Jai White, bring him back. <laughs> Every time I've seen Jamie Foxx in a role, and I've thought, how the fuck is he going to do that? He fucking did it. Yeah, so who, who knows? Yeah, and the, the one thing that I think is good about this is it's attaching a big name to it, so people will go and watch it, even if they don't know what Spawn is. Yeah, you know what? They could have attached a big name, but you know what? They could have attached also a little name, like Gary Coleman <laughs> as Spawn. Isn't he dead? The reanimated corpse of <laughs> Gary Coleman as Spawn. <laughs> what you talking? What you talking about, Malbolgia? God damn it, you beat me to it! <laughs> All right, so Get Out director Jordan Peele has te- teased a new horror movie called Us, slating a March 2019 release date. Have you heard about this? Mm-mm. He tweeted a poster that says "A New Nightmare" from Jordan Peele. 
We previously talked about his upcoming TV show, Lovecraft Country, and his desire to bring back the Twilight Zone, as well as not just he's not just dipping his toes in horror anymore. Seems to be more focused on horror than comedy, so we'll see what Us has to offer. Get Out was pretty good. Get Out was fucking great. Um, I think that now, looking back, I feel like I kind of it's a little overrated. Yeah. Because I don't remember much about it. Oh, I really liked it. I really liked it, yeah. too, but I can't remember much about it. And there's some movies that are like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I get a really high rating to Baskin, and I still love Baskin, but, like, I remember that, like, the plot of it wasn't that great. Right. It was just the scenes the and, cinematography. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, he he pulled it out of his hat with uh, Get Out, so I, I'm definitely going to at least check out, you know, what he's got. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I like to Get Out. It's just, like I said, I think, it, I think I liked it too much just based on the time like sometimes i think that well it's social movies... relevance probably plays a factor in it well not just that it's just like sometimes we review movies i remember i can't remember what movie it is but recently i was thinking about a movie i gave a bad review to and i watched it again and i kind of liked it because there's some movies that kind of grow on you right. over time and there's some movies you're like i really like that and as you think back on it you're like i remember liking it but like why do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it doesn't have like that stand out like go-to thing for me you know what i mean right. it was it's very good but it's not like that memorable to me you know yeah. So here's the big news. This Friday, June 8th, the first trailer for David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's Halloween sequel is going to drop. An official short synopsis has been released by Bloomhouse. Laurie Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night more than four decades ago. As we all know, Jamie Lee Curtis will be returning to the role of Laurie Strode, but it has also been announced that Nick Castle, who played the shape in the original film, has returned to the role of Myers. As stated previously, this is the first Halloween movie to be made with John Carpenter's full blessing and involvement since Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Carpenter not only endorses this film, but is, atta- is attached as a producer and composer. The movie is wrapping up final rounds of reshoots as we speak and will be in theaters on October 19, 2018. A teaser poster was also released today as of this recording featuring a scuffed up aged Michael Myers mask and it looks really good. Thing about it is, why the reshoots and stuff? I heard you leaving a little bit of recasting and reshooting, like parts. Like, you know, when you hear about that kind of stuff, it's kind of like it kind of makes you a little skeptical. Every you know? movie, every movie does reshoots, though. Especially you know, movies that like take uh, delayed to mm-hmm. come out. You know, and you hear about them, you hear about them, you hear about them. And yeah. Finally, when they come out, they're not that good. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Well, if, if it gets delayed, that'll kind of you know raise my my hackles a little bit or, or be a red flag. But um, every movie does reshoots. You know, you get something that you think looks really good when you film it, then you go back and look at it, and you're like, oh fuck, no, we could do that better. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that every everyone goes through that, and uh, I I don't know. I I have faith in Danny McBride and uh, if John Carpenter is endorsing it. Then I, I think it'll yeah, be a good thing. I'm gonna check it out for sure. We're, we're gonna go opening night for sure. Yeah. So. Dom, I really love 1995's Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Some segments are better than others, but I love the through line of Cuban B, Samson himself, Clarence Williams the third. Well, I'm happy to say we're finally getting Tales from the Hood too. Have you heard about this? Yeah, Rusty Cundiff is doing it. However, sadly, Clarence Williams III has retired from show business. What? Like, yes. Oh. No longer available. But, short of possibly Doug Jones in, bla- in blackface, just joking, or possibly Ken Furry would be another one I, would, I could choose that would be good for that, you yeah. know? Um, I think they have the best possible replacement. They have legendary horror character actor Keith David. Really? Yeah, from They Live. Yeah. So, 
Returning to the sequel are both Rusty Cundiff and co-writer Darren Scott from the original. So, Tales from the Hood 2, going to be cool. I'm, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I hope it's not like Creepshow 3. Oh, God. When we finally got Creepshow yeah. 3 and what it, it was what it was, it hurt my soul. Well, I've seen a couple of Rusty Cundiff's movies, and they've all been good. He does horror well. He does comedy well. He does, like, serious kind of street drama well. So, uh, hopefully... And, and he's been kind of, like, not really active for the last eight years or so maybe longer so you know maybe he's, he's really narrowed in and focused on this and we'll do something good with it hell yeah Tales from the Hood 2 next we need Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror 2 I, I, I didn't think it was that good no it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> alright that's it that's it for Horror News yeah so we're coming back with a brand new segment which means a new segment song yeah this is the greatest song I've ever recorded <laughs> <laughs> Professor Biff's time machine yeah. after this. Up right now on the Postmortem Show Patreon, we have Creepy Pastas. Hey, it's a creepy pasta. That's a spicy horror meat the ball. We have postmortem off topic. As well as Strogue's Docks. We've been sending out stickers to all of our patrons, as well as handwritten letters, letters of love, listener shoutouts. And if you go check out our music section, you can hear music from Weapon A, Grave Command, Public Defecation, Old Scratch in the Necrophonic Orchestra, and Mechanical Ghost. As well as the Best of JD Horror Deathmatch Series Volume 1 DVD Video Download. We have shirts coming for our $50 patrons, as well as you patrons that are below the $50 level. We will be giving discounts on the shirts to sell on the website as well. So, more stuff coming, new off-topics, new creepypastas, a lot more on Postmortem Show Patreon. Thank you if you're a patron, and if you're not a patron, why the fuck not? Just give us one month. One month. You won't be sorry. It'll change your life. (laughs) And you get the episodes early. Forgot to say that. You get the episodes early every week. We're going to do this commercial every week and kind of update it, so... Until all of you are patrons. <laughs> Until all so of you are patrons. So if you're sick of it, do your part in making us not have this commercial anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks a lot, guys. greatest opening music for any segment. I think that's the greatest song I've ever written. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, it's Professor Biff's Time Machine. We're going back to our past for movies from our childhood that That, we never saw. Yeah, that we missed. We missed these movies. We never seen them, so we went out we sought them out. We watched them. For better or worse. For better or for worse. And we're going to start off with a little movie from 1983, directed by Jim Sodas, starring Bo Hopkins, Alicia Shirley, and Patrick McNee called Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. So, a teenage girl named Melissa tries to make new friends in a town she just moved to that's full of racists and bullies. Every boy that she spends time with ends up brutally murdered. Her 16th birthday is on the way, but Melissa turns out to be a suspect 
when it seems she's the last person alive who's seen her boyfriends alive. Yep. So this is one that was off my radar completely. Yeah, I'd never heard of it before. I'd seen the poster a couple times, but I never never actually uh, checked it out, and I never really heard much about it. So opens up with a girl in a silk robe with a candle in a dark house. There are skulls, books, and curtains and candlelight looking very Victorian. She sees a bearded man covered in a slimy substance and wakes up from a nightmare in 1983. And then it has nothing else to do with the rest of the movie. Yes, and that's <laughs> pretty much a theme for this movie. Yeah. There are some tonal issues here. Yeah, big there time. There are some not knowing where to go or what, what's going on at the present. Yeah, but... not, not knowing how to really use red herrings the right way. <laughs> Cut to a super redneck bar. Several douchebags are fraternizing about when an old Native American man comes in. They bully him and stomp his hat, but a young, brave Navajo warrior <laughs> saves him. Only to be called Young Tonto and Red N-Word. Yeah. Red it, Nephew. <laughs> Red Nephew. <laughs> it devolves into a fight with broken glass and they all get kicked out. We then meet the girl who's in or had the dream. It wasn't really clear to me at yeah. that time. Melissa. She's kind of a wannabe slut and goes drinking with this older guy in a pickup, but doesn't go all the way when her awkward father puts a stop to it. The dude then leaves but runs out of gas and is killed. And while not super gory, it's classic slasher with practical... Splatter blood, no CGI bullshit. Almost like Friday the Thirteenth Part One, yeah. but with uh, more of the cutaway and implied than actual yeah. gore. Well, and you know they do the thing where like they put a shirt on like a, a fucking pillow and put a, a blood bag in it and stab that. So you, yeah, you see a little bit of something, but it yeah. it doesn't like it, it gives. It's obviously foam or something and not yeah. A, a but torso. I mean, it still looks a lot better than some of the CGI hey, bullshit yeah, today. Absolutely, so. I'd, I'd watch that a million times over over CG blood. Okay, here's here's where we get controversial. So, it's kind of awkward for me to say since it's called Sweet 16, but since she's obviously like 30, Melissa's super hot to me, like 80s hot, and delivers on a little bit of nudity. They establish that she's 15 years old, and then they immediately cut to full frontal nudity in the shower with her. I know. <laughs> Which is not okay, but... Like, I don't think that's legal to it's do just now. 80s. It's just like... It's a, it's like if you listen to like recordings, radio recordings, like I listen to a bunch, a bunch of like old love line, mm-hmm. the shit that they say and stuff is like highly offensive if you think about it now. Right. Like they get in trouble and all the shit, you know? Yeah. But because it's of the time, you know? Yeah, it's, it's of the time and this movie was obviously made by, you know, like some rednecks who didn't really think about that yeah, shit. Yeah, it's a, they're not really thinking it through, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, uh, she's 80s hot and delivers on a little nudity. Bodies pile up. The sheriff's daughter begins to suspect Melissa. The town starts to implode racially between the Native Americans and the whites. When I started watching this movie, I felt like I was a kid again. Maybe it was the cheesy dialogue, awesome score, campiness, just 1983-ness, but I really enjoyed this movie, even though it's not good. Yeah, it, it was the same. I got I got all the way through it, and afterwards I was like, that's not a good movie, but I don't regret watching it. And the, the one thing that I didn't like is that they, they kind of built it up to be more of a slasher movie when it was really more of a murder mystery. For sure. So it felt like a bit of a bait and switch. But they did deliver on some of the slasher tropes anyway. I think maybe so. that's why this movie got kind of buried. Yeah. is because of that fact. So it's like a slasher mystery more than a gore fest. Yeah. But for what it lacks in blood, it makes up for a nudity and nostalgic charm to me. So I, I feel like... I looked it up. This movie is not based on a book, but I feel like this movie would make a better book because I feel like there's... Other stuff that, like, the director or the writer had in mind. There's too much going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that they, they couldn't fit into a 90-minute movie. And there's tonal changes. Drastic changes of tone to where serious. Like, she's, like, very, like, scared or whatever. And then she's talking about how, like, oh, did anybody got any drugs or whatever? Yeah. Like, let's go party or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just very... Do you guys smoke grass? Yeah, it's just very fucking strange. All the acting is bad. 
dialogue is bad, but it's in a way that's bad that is of the time. Yeah. If I watched this movie now, if it was made now with the same acting and everything like that, I couldn't get through it. Yeah. But because it's from 1983, and it's just... It's the golden age of horror for me. It's like 1985. It's I think the golden the, age for me. The brother and sister characters, I mean, they, they were not great actors, but they were endearing. Like, they had that sort of Hardy Boys mysteries thing going with them. Like, the, the teenage yeah. brother and sister wannabe and then, detectives. Yeah, and the sister was obsessed with being, like, basically an amateur detective. Yeah. And her dad was the cop. And uh, do you know that she was the one in Friday the Third? Uh, Friday, Friday the 13th part 3 yeah and she's a Mormon yeah she's like anti-horror anti-nudity anti-violence now yeah but people blamed her for Friday the 13th part 3 not being so violent uh huh oh she was a Mormon then yes oh she, but like it's that's not true I oh. mean it's just I don't I don't believe that yeah, you know? yeah. how could this this fucking little girl have that power yeah that she was she was a no name she was yeah. nobody when that movie came out it, it you know I'm, I'm sure the director was she was off. going against God to make a yeah, paycheck yeah, yeah. oh like, Jack Mormon <laughs> so uh yeah I don't think it knew what it wanted to be between slasher or murder mystery like you said but yeah. uh I enjoyed it IMDb gives it a 5.2 what would you think Tom? before we get to that there's one part of this movie that I want to address. Okay. <clears throat> this is this is the theme song for this movie. The, 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 this is no Maniac Cop rap. Yeah. This is no Dream Warriors. This isn't even fucking Tiny Tim singing Magical Mervo. <laughs> this is this is someone saying, we're making a horror movie, we need a theme. Let's get off-brand Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, listener Antoine suggested worse horror movie theme songs, and this would have to be on the list. Yeah. Melissa! Yeah, it's, it's two minutes of this, this soulless fucking... Easy listening, Barry Manilow shit. <laughs> and they drop it in the movie at weird times. Like, when she's sitting there in the high school quad, just like, flitzing with her Brushing hair or whatever. Hair yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's like a teenage romance thing like that. And then it's a slasher, and it's a murder <laughs> mystery. What the fuck? All, all held together by, by off-brand Barry Manilow glue. <laughs> Alright, this All song's right. only two minutes long, that's but enough, I can't get any more, that's enough any more of it. Sweet Melissa. Let's, let's get to the ratings, Tom. What do you, <laughs> oh, what's our rating system? We didn't come up with anything. What do we say? Biff, biffologist? Biffologist, sure. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doctorates in biffology. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did IMDb give it? 5.2. I'm going to go with that. 5.2 doctorates of biffology. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 6.5 okay. doctorates of biffology because... For what it is, it's not a movie that, like, if it came out now, I wouldn't give it a 6.5. No. But I enjoyed it 6.5. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed it that much when it, I watched it. It definitely so. has a nostalgia factor to it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Let us know what you think. Yell at me. Listen to that song on repeat. Everyone's got a new ringtone. And it's... Melissa. <laughs> oh, sweet Melissa. All right. Now let's get to our next movie. Day of the Beast. The Dia de la Bestia. El Dia de la Bestia. 1995 Spanish slapstick horror movie written and directed by Alex de la Iglesia. Starring Alex Angulo, Armando de Raza, Santiago Seguro, and Teriel Pavés, who's in all of Alex de la Iglesia's movies. And a lot of these people are in a lot yeah. of them. And Guillermo del Toro's movies. Yeah, uh, the uh, the 
metalhead in this movie was the first vampire that Blade attacks in Blade 2. You know who else he was? Huh. Speedball. Oh! The reanimator. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's awesome. And so let's... I'm going to give the IMDb synopsis of this movie before we get to how we felt about it. Because that's what this segment's all about, is how we felt about right. it. Right. It's, it's, it's a time machine of feelings. Biff is an emotional dog. He is. He's my therapist. <laughs> We're working through something. Yes. I follow his advice. I take it to heart. And, um, you know, that's that's going to be something that's free for our patrons is... Uh, advice from Biff. Advice, therapy from Biff. We should start an advice column. <laughs> Dear Biff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you have something that you need advice on, send it to postmortemshow at gmail.com, Dear Biff in the header, and uh, we will have Biff answer your problems. That will be a segment if we get enough of them. Yeah. We'll have at least one. I'm serious about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it will be video chat, too. So, After having unexpectedly deciphered the code behind St. John's cryptic book of Revelation, the dedicated father, Angel Biriatua, Determined to... How can I do the Spanish accents like decent today? Like, I, usually I fail on everything. <laughs> must be the, the water I drank. I, yeah. I had a little bit right before we started recording. No, I didn't. I didn't even open it. Never mind. I just drank another oh, beer. I'm going to drink this water I, then. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that one. I already <laughs> finished one. <laughs> I was trying to be professional. I was yeah. going to have a drink of water before we started. And I was going to go, Oh, you know New York. <laughs> Anyways, where was I? Father deciphering the code. <laughs> Determined to commit as many sins as possible with the intention to avert the birth of the beast and with it the end of the world, he heads to Madrid. According to his calculations, founded on a numerical transcription of the apocalypse, the birth is going to take place somewhere in the Spanish capital on December 25th. However, it is already Christmas Eve, and the good father still needs to pinpoint the exact time and birthplace while the clock is ticking. Without delay, through uncertain on how to get started and all alone in the big city, Father Berriatua will soon team with an enthusiastic and trustworthy Jose Maria, a black metal aficionado and owner of a record shop, and the esteemed Professor Cavan, an Italian TV host and connoisseur of the occult, whose expertise on the subject is crucial. However, in the desperate quest to foil the beast, is there any hope left for the world? Da-da-da. I love this movie. This movie had one of the best cold opens for any movie I've seen in years. Great, yeah. I can't believe this. Alex Ayla Iglesias is one of my favorite directors. I, I love I was about Rigo. halfway through that movie, I was like, this guy's at least in my top ten. Working directors, he's in my top five. Yeah, Working for sure. directors yeah, yeah, right for now. Sure, yeah. yeah, for sure. And um, I can't believe I never saw this one, because this is his first like big mainstream horror movie. Not mainstream, but big budget, like mm-hmm. his full feature-length, Special one, effects, you know, all yeah, that, like yeah. of this level, you know, uh, before all the other ones that we've seen. So, opens up with two priests talking. Father Angel deciphered the code and says he must commit all evil and sins as possible. And then a giant cross crushes the older priest. Yeah, he, he says, "Do you think we can win?" And the older priest says, "As long as we stick together." And then he stands up, and the giant cross just fucking tips and smashes him. <laughs> and, then, and then that's when you know this isn't going to be straight horror. This is like Three Stooges horror. Yeah, it's serious. It's almost like a, a, a Sam Raimi film. Yeah, almost like Evil Dead Two or like Drag Me to Hell. How it can be horror, but then like it like has some comedy in yeah, it too. They, but they punctuate. They like break up the horror segments with comedy, which is how you, how the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, and then also there's a very like European or foreign film yeah. feel to it. You know, there's movies that come out that are that are from another culture and for some reason it works for me yeah like a Serbian film like on that level you yeah know? and so. and also on some level it was a buddy movie 
Yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome. After the credits, we get a montage of him being a dick and doing whatever he can to be an absolute bastard, stealing money from homeless people. Then meets record store worker and black metal enthusiast Jose Maria, played by the guy from Beyond Reanimator, Speedball. Jose is the best part of the movie to me. Yeah. It's a comic relief while the priest is a straight man. The priest is really sympathetic in his naivete. The first time he ever watches TV, he sees a psychic Kavan, and it's the first show he's ever seen on TV. Yeah. So he thinks this guy can help me and tracks him down to fight the devil. <laughs> that guy was actually, I think, my favorite character of this. <laughs> Kavan? Like, I love Kavan, yeah. Really? I kind of want to grow my beard like his. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jose Maria the most. Um, can relate to him, so... The movie has a little bit of everything. Likeable characters. All of them are likable. Yeah. Even the priest. Yeah. All of them are likable. And, and he gets so, like, physically fucked up through yeah. the entire movie. Dark humor, violence. Drugs. I really like... Naked the, old men. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the sound design. Uh, it's cool when the two characters are in a life or death struggle, and one's not making sure not to spill a jar of blood all throughout the fight. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, that was long, great. Long take, too. Yeah. On that. Could appreciate that. Uh, there's... Sad music and way too happy upbeat music at inappropriate parts. Bad 90s green screen falling and yeah. 90s green screen effects. And it added to the charm of this movie. I really liked that And part. And the, the death metal and it was great. When, when he had his list of bands, it was like Iron Maiden, someone else, and Napalm Dez instead yeah. of Napalm Death. And then they had like this weird Spanish death metal, but it wasn't really death metal. It was more like... It was, it was more like, like punk techno and growling. And shit. Yeah, like, yeah, te- like techno and punk. And then they were like, <laughs> So, I had such a good time with this movie. Alex Iglesia, like I said, is probably one of my top five directors working today, if not of all time. Definitely recommend checking this one out. Perdita Durango, Witching and Bitching, all yeah. those movies if you're a fan of weird horror comedies. Even the bar that I reviewed that's on Netflix. Definitely not in the category of those others. I would see them in order of when they came out. See, see, uh, see the Day of the Beast, then see Perdita Durango, then see Witching and Bitching. Yeah. Perdita Durango may be my favorite, but I think, I you, think it if is, you yeah. watch those, you know, well, in that I, order, I think you should. I like that he addresses occult themes in what he's doing, and he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, he, and, but he, he knows, you can tell that he knows what he's talking about, but he also doesn't, he does, doesn't try to give away too much. Yeah, there's just little things here and there that that are clues that are like, okay, this guy actually has some knowledge of this. And it's but just, what he doesn't have knowledge of is LSD because those guys acid wore off <laughs> way too fucking that's fast. That's very true. <laughs> uh, you can see in okay if you watch Chronos, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. and this, there's so much in common. The yeah. common in actors, you got to think that they're either influencing each other. I don't know. Who, what came first, the chicken or the egg? But there's Chronos so Chronos was first. Chronos was like ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, and this was 95. Yeah. So maybe he's very influenced by Guillermo del Toro then. Or maybe um, they went to the same film school. Yeah, or they probably know each other. Yeah. They're probably friends, you know, at this point. But uh, I really like this movie. Um, IMDb gives it a 7.5. That's better than that. Yeah, but that's still pretty respectable for a movie that is not really a mainstream horror movie. That's like on the... It's actually on uh, one of the lists of best horror on IMDb or something. Really? Yeah, so... Um, I think that is too low, though. It's it's much better than that. So what would you give it? I'm giving it a nine. Nine, nine what? Nine doctorates of biphology. Okay. I, I asked you to say it first because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, gave it a 9.1 doctorates of biphology. So I love this fucking movie. Yeah. El Dia de la Bestia. So the this the Day of the Beast. was so good that... Uh, so M- Michelle is um, studying for her master's degree in history. And she has to read so much every single night. She's just, you know, in her chair in the living room, you know, reading, you know, books, 
articles, essays, all this shit, just reading, reading, readings. And when she comes to bed, her brain is fucking fried every night. And we usually like throw on wrestling or something mindless that like we she can just pass out to or like mystery science theater or something. But I turned this movie on last night because I, I had to watch it. Yeah, and, we're on the time schedule, yeah, though. And she <laughs> and she's like, I yeah, I kind of want to watch a movie. And then she saw it was in Spanish and subtitles. She's like, fuck, I don't want to read. I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, I got to get through this. But it it hooked her, and she she ended up falling asleep halfway through it because she was exhausted. But. um like for for the time that it was on, she she was like, "Wow, this is a really good movie, and I'm interested well, in it." Tell her to finish it before she listens to the show. So. Yeah, or uh, well, I guess we don't really spoil it. We're only spoiling. You, you know, you know what though? Um, I may have to agree with your nine point one. It needs the extra point one for um, the presence of the the goat that stands on its hind legs. And yeah, the goat. I, I I was so surprised you didn't bring that yeah. up. Actually, I was waiting for you. I didn't even take it down in my notes. That that because... goat would rape Black <laughs> Philip to death. Yeah, fuck Black Philip. <laughs> <laughs> top five goats in horror movies. <laughs> I can think of three right off the top of my head. <laughs> All right, that's it for uh, Professor Biff's time machine. Yeah. So. We will be back with our horror movie kids battle royale after this. We are now taking pre-orders for the brand new Postmortem Show t-shirts. Yeah. So we have our brand new artwork by Japanese artist Sayozawa. It's fucking awesome. A multi-headed octopus creature with a suit. Slender Biff. HP Biffcraft. With our heads as well as the heads of some people we talk about sometimes on the podcast. And, uh, and it says, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. It's classy. It's very classy. It's classy as fuck. It's going to be high quality American t-shirts with a white and green logo on it. Black shirts. For all you fatties out there that want slimming. You don't <laughs> want that white shirt. You're like me. I only wear black. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yep. And the shirt is going to cost $25. Shipping including in the continental United States. But... Our $50 Patreon patrons patrons get it for free. Our $20 patrons get 25% off. $10 patrons get 15% off. $5 patrons get 10% off. $1 patrons get 5% off. But if you are not a patron and you order this shirt right now, pre-order it by messaging us at postmortemshow at gmail.com or through our Facebook, you will get it for only $20. That's pay $20. Us through PayPal. Including shipping anywhere in the continental U.S., you can pay us through PayPal directly. Twenty dollars, including shipping. Or after the pre-order is over, you're going to pay twenty-five dollars. So five dollars for the shipping. You're getting the shipping for free for being so loyal that you'll give us money when we don't have anything to give you yet. yet. <laughs> but we will. These shirts are awesome, guys. I will be happy to see pictures of you wearing them and no pants. Straight up Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so go to www.postmortemshow.com or message us on Facebook. Send an email at postmortemshow at gmail.com or just directly send us the money with your shipping address and your size. And if your size is above 2x, you got to add 2 bucks. 2 bucks for the extra x. Yeah. Or lose some weight. Either way. Lose hey, some weight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a 3XL. Even if I lost a bunch of weight, I still got big shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. And uh, check out this design. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, guys. And we're back! With our horror movie kids battle royale. Yeah, let's get this party started. We're going to get this party started. If you, if you haven't heard any of our other battle royales, we have... 32 competitors 
and they're in brackets, themed brackets. Yeah. Every single time. And Dom doesn't know who they are. He doesn't know the brackets. He's coming in completely he's unprepared. He's coming in completely clean, and he's going to convince me who's going to be the winner. So we have Biff as the tiebreaker. I'll state my case for one of the competitors. Dom will state his case. Biff will be the tiebreaker if necessary. All right. So, we're not going to, you know, I'm sorry, but Dom, I forgot. I got a letter. I got a letter from Biff. Oh, okay. About this new segment. Okay. And uh, he said for these battle royales, he says, Dom and JD, you guys, you're not cutting it anymore. I got to hire someone. I got to bring someone in for these battle royales. He said, this is this is more of a, a, a 80s-style professional wrestling commentary squad. So he said, we've been replaced by trained and professional sports casters. So it's time for me to reluctantly introduce Lord Alfred Strogues and Succulent Corny Cobb. Oh, shit. The official post-mortem show horror movie Battle Royale announced team. So, Dom, we're going to have to step aside. We're going to have to leave this to the professionals, all right? All right. So, thank you guys. Go ahead and uh, sit down. Take the microphones. Ladies and gentlemen, today... We're not going to start out right here on Earth. What we're going to do here for these great competitors, we're going to take them straight to hell. Well, I'll tell you something, Lord Alfred Strogues. The succulent one has been to hell more than two times, at least in my life. And that's just the marriages. ha, <laughs> Okay, guys, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that yeah. this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening. <laughs> My British accent is not so good. So, so we're going to go for our straight to hell division in matchup one. We have Regan from The Exorcist versus Damien from The Omen. No. We're going intergender for our first matchup here. All right. So it's all for you, Damien. Or your mother sucks <laughs> cocks in hell. Yeah. You know, Damien, he's in that little boy suit. Yeah. Damien, he has minions, but, like, Reagan can cut a better promo. Yeah. You know, and, and that says something. I think that, you know, honestly, like, this is, it's intergender, but I think they're both gay. Because, you know, Reagan's got that deep, deep voice, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, throwing up, doesn't give a fuck. And Damien's a little light in the loafers with this little pantsuit, and, you know, he looks like a humble figure. <laughs> He does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he should be in Needful Things. Yeah. yeah so, you know, da- th- Damien has minions. He's got, you know, like the ability to like like be around when weird Rube Goldberg shit happens. But, you know, not only can Reagan cut a better promo, Reagan has like things that surprise you. Like she'll come out of nowhere with fucking crab pit, walking. Pit, crab walking, pissing on the floor, her head spinning around, Throwing vomiting in your face, shoving a cross in her vagina. So, and that's what happens. See, she's... She and Damien, they're 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 doing battle, you know, and it's 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 a, a battle of the ages. And Damien's Damien's winning because his minions keep running in, and you know, there's you know plate glass falling and smashing her and shit like that. And all of a sudden, she's down on the ground. She's spread eagle. She's about to win, and then she projectile fires a crucifix out of her vagina, straight between Damien's eyes, killing him instantly. Killing him instantly. I'll give you one more scenario. Damien, in his desire 
you know, Damien is the son of the devil, but he just wanted to be a good boy. He desires to be the humble figurine he yearns to be. <laughs> so he travels to Buellton, California to Pea Soup Anderson's. You know, stops to get some okay. pea soup on his way to Solvang. Yeah, good pea know, soup. To look like a little, little young Danish boy. But uh, then he sees Regan there scarfing it down. So he starts having a seizure. She's going possessed by the devil. Spin Her head spinning around. She pukes on him. I like your idea better. <laughs> That's one of the more humble references. Yeah. So I think either way, Regan advances. Yeah, yeah Regan definitely advances. That sound is my dry erase board. I'm very serious about this. He has a fucking dry erase board. That I have we brackets. Bought. We bought with our Amazon money. <laughs> we bought with our Amazon money before the Patreon account. Yeah. So thank you, patrons. Thank you, Amazon click throughs. I don't. I think we still have the Amazon click through program going, but. Uh, Bottom With time. the patron thing, uh, you know we're moving. We're moving patron, patron, and shirts. So if you guys want to support us, give us the review. Give us the shirts. Give us the patronage. Don't worry about the Amazon anymore. I think uh, fuck Amazon. Fuck Amazon. Yeah, fuck you, Amazon. Anyway, but I still buy shit from them. Yeah, me too. They're awesome. Okay, so now you know we went straight to hell. We're gonna get cutesy now. We're gonna get a little cute. So we're gonna go in our tiny little dresses division. <laughs> tiny little dresses. We have the Grady twins from The Shining. Versus the Jump Rope Girls from Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. See, the Jump Rope Girls are creepy, but I think the Grady Sisters are a little bit more malevolent. I think they're both ghosts, though. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think, though, that like the, the Jump Rope Girls are sort of like... They're ghosts that are stuck in that innocent childhood phase. Like, they're not actually trying to hurt anyone. They're just ghosts. Where the Grady sisters, you know, they want someone to come and play with them forever. And they're going to make the fucking hallway bleed. And they're going to they're gonna fucking summon out the old lady with the fucking rotted pussy hair. And then they, the they're going to climb onto fucking giant metallic big wheels with spiked wheels and climb right over. Just run right over those fucking jump rope girls. Moving yeah. on to the second. Yeah, they, they definitely have the meanness factor there. All right, so now we're going to go with our slasher icons division. Young slasher icons division. We're going to have child Michael Myers with a Halloween mask. From the original. From the original. From the original. Okay. Not, Versus... Not, not Dag Fersh from Rob Zombie. <laughs> no, no. He can be the special guest referee. Okay. He has right. an anus face like Donald Trump. <laughs> Versus Jason from the end of the first, Friday the 13th, when he comes out of the water. Uh-huh. So we have a clown with a knife versus a deformed boy who drowned, but he cannot die. He died and came back several times, but he's still a child now. But Michael Myers is just the clown kid. He yeah. has not came back yet. Yeah, yeah. He he's not a, a, a he doesn't have a, a legend at this point. I think I got to give it to Jason. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to Jason. Um, that clown suit, you know, it's very buoyant, but, you know, you poke a hole in that, yeah. it's going to retain water. He's going to sink. And and Jason, you know, he's at home in the lake. You know, he could he could pop out of out of anything, you know. But what if it's not at the lake? What, what if, if we take it to the circus? He's got the clown suit. He's got the clown suit. Yeah, but there's elephant troughs there. Jason could pop out of there. He could pop out of a fucking <laughs> cup of coffee. You never know. <laughs> he's in the fucking porter potty outside of the circus and sneaks up on young Michael Myers. Carney, young Michael Myers, who ran away after killing those people. <laughs> and, <laughs> Join any, the circus. Anywhere there's there's any amount of puddled liquid, Jason Voorhees as a child can pop out of it and pull you under. All right. So now we're going with our Asian Sensations division. <laughs> oh, Asian Persuasion. 
Okay. Asian sensations, Asian persuasion. Which do you like better? Asian persuasion has a more of a rhyme to it. Asian persuasion. We'll go with that. We have Samara from The Ring versus Toshio from Juon The Grudge. Didn't they make this movie? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I think they did, and it was terrible. Okay. But we're doing this post warm stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to side side, side tangent for a little bit here. All right. When I, when I was in high school, I hooked up with this girl, and uh, uh, we we dated very very briefly, and I had to break up with her for a very petty reason, because she made this noise during sex. <laughs> and the first time she did it, I thought she was having a seizure. Dom and Dom, <laughs> me and you wouldn't get past the first date. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I told my, my friend Dan about that. Uh, you know, he asked me why we broke up because she seemed like she was cool, and I said I, I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. You know, this is this is seventeen year old me. I'm I've, I've I've matured since then, and I could and be now like, that's like a big turn on. Yeah, yeah, it can only come when girls do that. <laughs> but we we went and saw we went and saw the Grudge, and the first time Toshio made that noise, Dan like nudged me and said her name. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> so so Toshio does frighten me a little bit, even though he's just a pale little Asian boy because he makes that noise that was pulled that was pulled from the deep right recesses of my psyche i'll be honest with you i don't really i'm not really a big fan of either one of these movies i don't really care for ghost stories too much you know that but uh with a little like little girl little boy i'm not too scared of that i i like the ring i think the ring is decent i think it's it's atmospheric and i think it has like a lovecraftian edge to it um and i think but we're going ring you and Juon, not, not the ring and, 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 and Ringu, Ringu is, is. Or are we going to do have Buffy the Vampire Slayer running in or what? <laughs> I, I we, we could have both of them. We could have like both Samara, uh, Sadako Samara as a team, and we could have both Toshios. I think, yeah. I, honestly, I think we just got to give it to Samara. I, I, I don't like the grudge that much. I don't like the ring either, but I, if I have to go with another one, yeah. so, so I, I'll go with Ringu. Toshio's a ghost, and Samara's more like a demon. So, yeah. you know, there, there's more power there. All right. And Toshio sure. lives in a crawl space, and Samara can come out of any fucking TV. Her and Jason Voorhees would make a hell of a tag team. Saying with our uh, theme from the movie Sweet 16, we uh, discussed earlier the inappropriate hotness. <laughs> inappropriate uh, hotness uh, category? Yeah. Because this is the grew up to be hot, and I'm just saying that because they're adults now, and not meaning to be creepy division. Okay. <laughs> that's so that's the grew up to be hot, and I'm just saying that because now they're adults and not meaning to be creepy division. So... We have Wednesday Adams versus Daniel Harris from Halloween. Damn. That's a close race. I'd say both in Wednesday Adams from the Adams family versus Daniel Harris from Halloween 4. I think Wednesday Adams would not only just destroy her in an outright fight, but I think that Christina Ricci has the crazy con- factor. No, but controversial as it may be, I, I think that. I got a little bit bigger boner for adult creatures than really? uh, Daniel Harris. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the other way. I, not especially, but like okay, so like, but it's not a battle of hotness. Yeah, well, like present day, Daniel Harris takes the cake big time. Hmm. But um, Buffalo '66 Christina Ricci is super hot when she would have a little, she bit, still had a little, little bit, bit more thick. Yeah. yeah, a little <laughs> bit more thickness for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I even this is super. I said this is the group to be. Hey. Hot. I'm just saying that because now they're adults, not me. New creepy division. I said thickness for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is the worst the show's ever been. <laughs> the show's canceled. <laughs> Done. All, all, most of our patrons are actually female. Yeah, and uh, I think they're all going to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. 
Uh, we're going to move to Wednesday, right? Yeah, we're going yeah, to she, she, she has the crazy factor. All right, Dom. So I don't even know why I'm even giving you an option for this, but we're going to go with uh, Little Creepy Girls. So we have Karen from Night of the Living Dead, the first ever child zombie in a movie, versus Alessa from Silent Hill. See, this is why I say I don't give you an option. I know your love for Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. But you're more love for the game, not the movie. Yeah, yeah. And and they kind of got Alessa a little bit wrong, but she was still fucking creepy. She was, and very powerful. Yeah. A lot more powerful than a little zombie. Yeah, she but has a whole town. Do you go nostalgic? Do you go old school factor? Where, where's the fight? Is the fight happening in Silent Hill or is it happening anywhere else? I have no idea. I think it's gonna have to be all these are gonna have to be contested in the post mortem arena. So if it's not to make it like you know Jason in the water, you can't do that. Yeah. It's not fair. This it's, is all in the postmortem squared circle, brother. We're locked in a cage of razors, cage of fucking razors, bro. <laughs> cage of dildos. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna give it to to, to zombie Karen then because uh, Alessa's is only powerful in Silent Hill. All right, I can't believe that you just pushed up someone past Alessa from Silent Hill. It was begrudgingly, but <laughs> facts are facts. If 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 it was in Silent Hill, it would be a squash match. Karen would be gone. In our I See Dead People and They're Here division, we have Cole from The Sixth Sense versus Carol Ann from Poltergeist. Carol Ann's been through way more. <laughs> yeah, but although he's in horrible condition, he's still alive. The actor who played Cole. And Carol Ann died in real life. Although yeah. he did gain a lot of weight in Tusk. What's his name? Uh, I don't remember. Fucking kid, something, he's got three names. Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment yeah. from The Sixth Sense. I see dead people now. He's kind of like Edward Furlong. Yeah. Where he still has that baby face, but he's all fat and gross. Well, and, like, Edward Furlong is down. like post-heroin fat, though. Um, Haley so Joel is Haley Joel Osment. Is he? Is he? I think, I don't know gross? if he's a fucking junkie, but you should look at him. He looks like, he looks weird. Huh? It's weird. weird. <laughs> um, so weird. this is them as kids, though, right? This is them as kids. It has to be. I, I Cole... Versus Carol Ann. I, I think it's Carol Ann because not only has Carol Ann been through more, because she doesn't just see dead people, she got sucked into the dimension of dead people three times. And Cole's kind of a pussy, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cole, Cole's a whiny bitch. Cole has the power to fucking save ghosts yeah. from a lifetime of, or eternal torment, and he's just too much of a fucking pussy. He covers his eyes. And I should have put him in the same same division as Damien. They could be humble figures together. <laughs> and, Fragile. You know why? They'll break under the pressure. Cole, you ain't got what it takes to get it done in the squared circle, brother. <laughs> you take the mile long. You gotta take the mile long. You're all you're all ball. You got no balls. You gotta take the mile long. <laughs> Football field. Landing strip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm giving it to Carol Ann. Because right. also Carol Ann can summon ghosts and have them do shit for her. Cole can't. He can just see him. So he, she would summon the ghosts, Cole would see them, and he would just piss himself to death. He would just he would just exsanguinate himself with from pissing. So at first this next division, I thought I was gonna call it the Little Rockers division, but I decided that there's a new term in metal. You know, there's death metal, there's heavy metal, you know, new metal, all these different kind of metal. Metal core. Metal core. We've got squash metal tonight because I don't think that Kyle the friend from the movie Brain Scan. Although he is pretty cool. Yeah. His love for horror movies and stuff. I don't think he stands a chance against Terry from the gate. Fuck no. So that's why it's squash man. Yeah, Terry. Terry from the gate. Hands down, Terry wins The that. old gods. Yeah. So we gotta give it to Terry from the gate. That's why it's squash metal. Yeah. 
So, all right, that's it for the first half. The first half of round one. All if you're right. still here with us, <laughs> you hear there's no help for your fucking soul. All right. So our next one is our Kids with Serious Issues division. We have Tommy Jarvis, played by Corey Feldman in Friday the 13th, versus Kevin from We Need to Talk About Kevin. These kids both have some serious issues. Yeah. Jason, die! 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 die. <laughs> Kevin, we need to talk about Kevin. Have you seen it yet? I, I am aware of it. I have not seen it. But You're I, aware yeah, of it. Yeah, You're yeah, aware, aware of my review and my praise, yeah. and it's made multiple lists of mine. Yeah. And you still have not watched it. I think we have a watch this fucker coming up. I think a watch this fucker movie yeah. for you, that's for sure. Um, but Tommy Jarvis gets driven crazy. Kevin kind of starts there, right? <laughs> yeah, there's just something wrong with Kevin. Yeah. He's not a product of circumstance. He's a product of born evil. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, honestly, in a fight, you know, although Kevin is portrayed as like 16 or something. Mm-hmm. So you never really see him as a younger boy, but you got to think even at that. Well, I guess you do see him. You do in parts. You do see him in flashbacks. So yeah, we got to give it yeah. to Kevin. I, I mean, I am a self-admitted felt maniac, but uh, I'm giving it to Kevin. You've never even seen the movie, don't yep. you? just buried him. You buried him. <laughs> so now we're going to go with our sibling rightfully in Santa Carla. <laughs> we have Frog Brother number one, also played by Corey Feldman, versus Frog Brother number two, played by Corey Haim in The Lost Boys. Corey Haim wasn't a frog brother. It was the other guy. What was it? I don't remember. He was the one that didn't go on to do anything else except maybe another Lost Boys sequel. Really? Yeah, Corey Haim was the... the, the, the I always thought the, it was Corey the, Haim. The, the probably gay little brother of the guy who got turned into a vampire. That was Corey Haim. Oh, yeah. With the, with the, yeah, with the you're shirts. right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So it's Frog well, it's Frog Brother number one versus Frog Brother Let's just make two. it a triple threat match. Okay. Then. I can hit it in the head a lot. I can't. Um, I'm, I'm giving it to Frog Brother number one because Frog Brother number two never amounted to anything. And we've already bell, we've already buried the Feldman. Yeah, we've already be- and he's got his fucking angels on his side. Yeah, he's doing Michael Jackson dances. Yep, with his karate bandana. He is all through the comic book store. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna give it to Feldman. It's just him. Yeah. Now as an adult, just Corey Feldman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got Michael Jackson's ghost on his side. <laughs> <laughs> He's turning black instead of white. <laughs> it's like opposite of yeah. that. He gets possessed. <laughs> so our country cults division, we have the Midrich children from Village of the Damned versus the Children of the Corn. Children of the Damned are scary, but Children of the Corn can have coordination on their side. They can organize. The best Children of the Corn movie is Children of the Corn Urban Harvest Fighting. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Better than number one. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's terrible. <laughs> Number one isn't a great movie. No, but that's what I mean. But yeah. it's like, it's more embracingly terrible. Okay. Then It's not trying to be, but it's more like... Number one is boring. Mm. It's terrible because it's boring. Number three is terrible because it's terrible. Right. But it's like... Or I think it's number three. The Urban Harvest. Though. They grow the corn in the ghetto. <laughs> in like New York. It's Urban Harvest. I love fucking Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah. Tales from the Hood. Why do I love I, I didn't so know much? Children of the Corn went to the Hood. I... I but the the fact that Children of the Corn went to the hood and Village of the Damned can't get past the village means they have definitely a wider network. <laughs> village of the Damned of the Hood. <laughs> hood of the Damned. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to give it to the Children of the Corn. All right, we're going to go with Corn. Led by their mascot, Jonathan Davis. <laughs> our next one. We have our 
Sam division. We have Sam from the Babadook. The annoying kid from the Babadook versus Sam for Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat Sam. Just because I want Sam from the Babadook, Babadook to of, die. Of course. <laughs> kind of a squash match yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, know. you know, Sam from the Babadook is annoying and he has his gadgets, but... Sam from Trick or Treat has he has his gadgets. Yeah, he 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 has all kinds of shit going on, all kinds of occult shit, and and I think that sounds it, like someone that like no matter how much someone else talks shit about him, that you're always gonna love and respect. It's like somebody's like telling you a story about yeah, fucking, you know what? That guy Dan, you know what? He's fucking annoying, but he's got his gadgets. He's got his gadgets. <laughs> he's got his gadgets. <laughs> that guy Dan, he's got his gadgets. Gadget. They call him Gadget Dan. <laughs> you gotta respect that about Dan. You gotta respect you know? his gadgets. You gotta respect, respect the gadgets. Respect Dan's gadgets. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Sam's annoyance, Baba Duke Sam's annoyingness would just piss off uh, Trick or Treat Sam, and he would he would wreak unholy hell on him. Yeah. So. Not to be outdone by the Sam's division, we have another division based on a name, and that name is my middle name. We have our Henry's division. So, we have Henry Bowers from It. Kind of a bully. Yeah, kind of a psycho. (laughs) Versus Henry, played by Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son. Wow. Henry Bowers, Switchblade. Yeah. Rapist. Sucking his friend's dicks? Or getting sucked off by his friend. Something like that. In the book, but not the movie. Goes dark places. He does. Turtle places. Turtle turtle sex. Turtle turtle child sex. (laughs) (laughs) Interspecies pedophilia. (laughs) Stephen King, you're a bad man. (laughs) (laughs) You've done cocaine. Um, But Macaulay Culkin's got that look in his eye. Yeah. Would Would Henry Bowers pull him up from the cliff? Would he pull him up? Think he think he'd crack crack the, the shell of Henry Bowers. You know what? I think Macaulay Culkin, he's dangling off the roof, off the cliff, you know what? Henry Bowers, he's got one hand, he's got a switchblade in the other hand. You know, he's about to stab him, send him off to his death. Macaulay Culkin just suck, starts sucking the shit out of his dick <laughs> to distract him. <laughs> and then he throws Henry Bowers off the cliff instead. <laughs> Done. Yeah, that's it. So do you think Kevin McAllister from Home Alone grew up to be Jigsaw? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a video of that. Have you seen the one where no. he's an Uber driver? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that I saw that, yeah. Awesome. Alright. So me, knowing what to do next, you know, there's a little delay here because i got to write it on the board. i got to right. get to the next division. Dom's got to take a drink of water. i got to take a drink of beer. I spilt it all over myself. i got to clean that up. And now we're on for our next division. So We have our disabled kids division. <laughs> We have uh, the deaf kid from Six String Samurai versus Carl from The Walking Dead, The One-Eyed Wonder. Deaf annoying kids division. Or the dead <laughs> annoying handicap kids division. I don't even know who I want to win this. I, I, I hate them both. Yeah. Let's just say that there's going to be a triple threat match oh, later yeah. on. And that they kill each other. And they're both eliminated. Yeah. Fuck you, Carl. Carl! Carl! <laughs> Carl! That's wildly inappropriate. So, we have our straight up from the hood division. We have Fool from People Under the Stairs. Okay. Versus Ellie from Let the Right One In. The Swedish hood, it is a hood. It's the project. Yeah, it is. It's the ghetto. It is the PJs. She's got a sideways vagina. The Swedish hood. Would the sideways vagina, uh, would that lend herself to favor in combat or would that go against her, Don? 
You got to think about that. Is that going to enable her? Is that more resilient if you get kicked in the downstairs nether regions? If your vagina sideways instead of front? I, th- I think what happens because full, full street smart, but but Ellie's you know an immortal creature. So you know, I, I think I think fool is gonna get, is gonna go for the cunt punt, and I think it's gonna get stuck because it's the right it's the right, being sideways it's the right shape for for toes of a shoe to get stuck, and she's just yeah. gonna suck him into her sideways. Well, and then and then what she says right at rises rises is about to go, and she says, "What well, this is very inappropriate. These are kids, Tom. She's she's like a vampire though. She's immortal. <laughs> yeah. Well, fool's not. She says, "You know what, fool? I'm sorry. I only let the right one in there." <laughs> Done. <laughs> And she tries to say that through with her tongue cut off, just like that one guy that looks like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> so no running from the people under the stairs. Nah. Okay. So we're going with uh, Ellie, right? Yep. So Ellie makes it on to our second round, and we have one more. We have uh, our... Herbert West Honorary Annual Reanimator Award for Dead Kids Who Never Learned to Read Division. <laughs> we have Gage from Pet Cemetery versus the Zombie Baby from Dead Alive versus the Deformed Baby from It's Alive. Wow. We have a triple threat man. Wow. We have Gage. Gage. What's that kid's name? He's kind of like a Haley Joel Osment character. I bet he has a fat face now. Oh, yeah. A tiny little baby face on a fat face. Yeah, probably he's been to rehab a few times. Um, you know, I guarantee if the kid from Sidekicks that died, Jonathan Brandis, yeah. I guarantee if he would have lived, he would have that fat face with the little baby face. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, every single one of them. Every child star. Look at me, Dom. <laughs> Look at my face. <laughs> Look at my infant face. <laughs> Look at my <laughs> tiny little face on my balloon cheeks. Don't you fucking look at me! <laughs> Uh, you know, Ga- Gage is creepy, and he can, like, make people hallucinate things. But the zombie baby from Dead Alive yeah. is hit against the fucking pole and laughs. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. yeah sounds like does. a fucking... It sounds like Fran Drescher combined with the fucking lawnmower trying to start. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's got backup from, uh, from Mom and her massive pendulous breasts and ass. Yeah. Um, no, but he's the nurse's kid. And the priest. Uh, yeah, oh, true. but he might kick ass for the Lord as well. Yeah. You gotta give it... And the baby from It's Alive it can't really do much. No. So, I gotta give it to the baby from Dead Alive yeah. because he kicks ass for the Lord as well. Yeah. You gotta think he takes after his father. Yeah, he's got... He's at he least probably got those genes there. Yeah. Alright, so we're going with Dead Alive Baby. Alright. So, that's it for our first round. So, we're on to our second round. We've narrowed the field down to 16 competitors. What's this? Is that a banjo I hear? It's Lonnie, the kid, the deformed banjo kid from Deliverance. He's in the middle of the post-mortem show squared circle demanding to be added to this tournament. Who will answer the challenge of Lonnie, the banjo kid from Deliverance? What's that smell, Dom? You smell that? Is is it pancakes? I smell fucking pancakes, I smell pancakes in this bitch. It's (laughs) Dennis from Cabin Fever. Dennis. Karate. Karate. All that other guy has is a fucking banjo. And he's gonna Jeff Jarrett that fucking banjo into his into his deformed skull? Yeah, he is. It's Karate kicking? Yeah, for sure. So Dennis. And Dennis has the power of the mullet. I don't even know what hair that kid had. <laughs> Alright, so Dennis makes his way through the back door into the first round. Wow. 
We still have one more round, Dom. Oh, shit. No, we have multiple rounds. We, we're only halfway through this competition. Oh. We're 28 minutes into this bitch. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Listeners are like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind of top five is this? These always go a little longer. <laughs> yeah. So, round two. We have Regan from The Exorcist versus the Grady Twins from The Shining. I'm going to give it to Regan. You, you got to give it to Regan. Yeah. It's a handicap match, but she 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 has her tag team partner. Shawn Michaels once tagged with God yeah. against the McMahons. Well, Regan has the devil on yeah. her side. So you got to give it to Regan and the devil. Yeah, devil trumps ghosts. The team of Regan and the devil. In our next matchup, we have Samara from the ring against tiny little deformed drowned Jason Voorhees. They both have drowned. They have. And they both This survived. is the equal playing Wow, field. yeah, this is. I don't think we've had, had such an equal matchup so far in any of our Battle Royals. Yeah. Jason pops out of water, she pops out of TVs. But if you throw a TV in water, it breaks and the water's fine. <laughs> Jason! <laughs> Alright, Jason moves on to the next round. All right, we have another matchup. It seems like we're advancing a lot of the girls in these matchups because feminism. Another, yeah, feminism. Yeah, very progressive show post morning. That's right. We have Wednesday Adams versus Karen from Night of the Living Dead. Do you go classic or do you go remake movie? Do you? What do you think's better, Adams Family, the TV show, or the movie? Movie. You think the movie's yeah. better? Yeah, I like them both. A lot. Yeah. I like, I like the Munsters a lot better than the Adams Family. Okay. I'm an Adams I wish we would have had a Munsters movie. Why hasn't that been made? There, there was one for TV. It was, but it was feature length. Yeah, but that's not the same. Yeah. Wednesday Adams? Karen? I'm going with Wednesday. I have to agree. Ka- Karen's a zombie. She can't really think independently where Wednesday has that advantage. Dom, I don't even know if I need to even take your vote for this. I think we might need Biff as a tiebreaker, otherwise it's going to be absolute fucking slaughter, because we already had our squash medal, and this might be another squash, because we have Terry from the gate moving on to the second round. Just nailed a couple of punches, broke a record right over the, the noggin of Kyle from Brainscan to move on against Carol Ann from the Poltergeist. Carol Ann or Terry from the gate? Who you got? Who you I've, got, Tom? I've got Terry. You got Terry? I've got Terry, because Carol Ann is ultimately a victim of occult powers, and um, Terry learns to control them. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I think Terry has to make it to the next round. Okay. I can't read my own fucking writing, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin. from We need to talk about Kevin. That's what that says. That R backwards E V I N. <laughs> That's Kevin. Okay. <laughs> against so he moved on to go against Corey Feldman himself. Kevin Feldman. Oh, Feldman Joseph J. Feldman Joseph J. Crash Bandicoot. Yes. PlayStation in the night. I remember that. We have that game at my house right now in this moment. Um. I want to give it to Corey Feldman because of the performance enhancing cocaine. <laughs> performance enhancing cocaine <laughs> allows Corey Feldman to move on to this to the next round. All right, we have Sam from Trick or Treat 
versus all of the children of the corn. Now, has, has going to the urban harvest taught them anything? I don't know. Maybe. Sam, bro, F. Zach, he's a tiny little boy. But he's got backup. He's got backup. What do you think? He's, he's vastly outnumbered. In this he is. He is vastly outnumbered. I think he does something crazy, though. You know? Like, sets off a bomb or something. <laughs> So you think Sam wipes out the children of the corn? I, I, th- I think Sam wipes out the children of the corn, and then you know, because he has he has the fucking he has a bus of dead retarded kids. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I think he turns them I loose. I think on by the that alone, Sam yeah. moves on to the next round. All right, so we have Macaulay Culkin getting a bye, but we had someone inserted into this unfairly at the end. Oh yeah, we have Dennis. So we're gonna put Dennis against Culkin. Dennis versus Culkin. Dennis against Culkin. Henry from The Good Son against Dennis from Cabin Fever. Now, Cabin Fever, not the greatest movie ever. Eli Roth has a semi-bad reputation, but be that as it may, Dennis is an iconic character. He is the most memorable character from that movie. He's a redneck karate kid and very similar to the kid from Deliverance. That's why they were in the inbred division together. But Dennis... You know, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, Dennis is a force to be reckoned with. And where where Corey Feldman had the performance enhancing cocaine, Macaulay Culkin is not going to be performance enhanced by heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely going to give that to Dennis. So Macaulay Culkin, mid fight, has the upper hand through through paint cans, hitting Dennis in the face repeatedly <laughs> until he falls asleep. <laughs> just, he could have had the win, but he falls dead he goes asleep on the nod, and then Dennis just fucking roundhouse kicks his head clean off, right his off. And, but blood doesn't shoot out of his neck stump. Heroin does, <laughs> like a fountain, <laughs> like all, like like a syringe when you're trying to get the bubble out of it. And all the tiny little children run through the like gutters in the street, <laughs> and it's heroin shooting out of the fire fire <laughs> <laughs> on a hot day. <laughs> all right, so we have <laughs> Ellie from Let the Right One In against the baby from Dead Alive. What do you think? The baby from Dead Alive, expert also in karate, just like his priest father. He is. Also, you got to think with his nurse background of his mother, he might be able to patch himself up in yeah. combat. You know, he might be able to just take a little powder, roll off, hide, and patch himself up. That that baby is the unholy spawn of two undead creatures. Ellie's just a fucking vampire. Those are a dime a dozen. Yeah, and he's a. Uh, I, I think he. I think he kills her during the day. <laughs> I think he inserts himself back into her vagina <laughs> and busts back out. Yeah, that works. What? No pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so dead alive, baby. Moves on. All right, so we're back to the team of Regan and the Devil versus Jason Voorhees. Regan and the Devil versus Jason, huh? Jason went to hell. Jason did go to hell. And he came back. And then surgeons ate his brain. And he was blew up by RPG. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, and Regan, she's only made one appearance. Yeah. You know, so. Not yeah, let, 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 let's not think about Exorcist 2. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, she's only made one appearance. Yeah, only one appearance. Um, I gotta give it to Jason. Yeah, he's he's a fucking juggernaut, even as a even as a child. Wow, Jason, Jason Voorhees moves on. So, our next contest. Now we're getting to where there's no more squashes, dog. There's no more squashes. All these 
These are pretty even matchups. These, these are all main events. These are all ma- these could be main events. These could be the top of the card anywhere in the country. But you only get them at plus one. That's right. We have Wednesday Adams versus Terry from the gate. Wow. Yeah. A hard-hitting contest. Fuck. That's that's a snug match right there. Uh, I got to give it to Wednesday, though. Um, because she doesn't give a fuck. You know, Terry, Terry ultimately wants to be accepted. And I think that he would see in, in Wednesday a kindred spirit. And I think that he would be too busy trying to impress her to actually win the match. And she would she would sucker him in and make him think that maybe maybe they could be friends. And then she'd fucking lop his head off with a fucking axe that she pulled off of a suit of armor. Alright, so in our next contest we have Corey Feldman versus Sam for Trick or Treat. <laughs> wow. Very interesting matchup. Yeah. So I, I, I gotta think by this point, you know... Throughout the tournament, Corey Feldman has been heavily aging throughout using drugs and drinking throughout the length of this tournament yeah. going on. He's went from Corey Feldman in Friday the 13th and the Lost Boys to Corey Feldman now with the Angel Dancers yeah. and whatever the fuck he's doing now. Yeah, and uh, he's got to come off that coke at some point. But you got to think, Sam isn't really alive, so he doesn't really grow. He's still kind of like a little midget. So yeah. is it the size advantage or is it the sheer frailty and, and fragileness of Corey Feldman in ja- full Michael Jackson mode where <laughs> Sam could just hit him with that brilliant sack once and it'll just fucking turn to dust. He'll turn to cocaine and just dissipate <laughs> into the that's atmosphere. What, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Feldman is dusted into cocaine by Sam. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue! <laughs> and now he finally joins Corey Haim <laughs> yes. in cocaine heaven. <laughs> All right, so in our last round three or round two? Round I don't even know what round this is. Round three now, yeah. We have Dennis in Cabin Fever. The odds-on favorite in Dom's mind. Absolutely. Versus probably my odds-on favorite and probably my favorite kid in the whole tournament, the baby from Dead Alive. So Dennis can kick the shit out of that baby, but it'll laugh. Yeah. It's been bashed against well, the walls of swing sets. And l- let's just compare their bite side by side. Because both of them bite people. But Dennis Dennis bites people and infects them. But the baby is already dead. Yes, not just that. And it but, can take chunks. But also, Dennis might know karate. But guess what? So does that fucking baby. That's right. It's dad kicked ass for the Lord. Yeah, this is, this, is like, this is like the end of Karate Kid. This is fucking Johnny versus Daniel-san fucking level shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I love Dennis, but I got to give it to the evil dead baby because Dennis is ultimately human. Wow. Yeah. So the dead alive. But baby. the dead alive baby, after defeating Dennis, rips his mullet off of his head and wears it like a wig. So we have mullet, mullet, dead alive baby. Yeah. All right. And now he's wearing two black belts, not just one. Yeah. And he's developed a taste for pancakes. <laughs> Covers his feet in syrup before he kicks you. <laughs> so now, in our semifinal, we have Jason Voorhees versus Wednesday Adams. Kid Jason Voorhees, Wednesday Adams. Man, it's hard to say because Wednesday, she may be a trickster, but Jason. He is the undead. Well, the thing is about being a, a trickster, like, you have to, w- to trick someone, they have to have, like, a level of awareness. And Jason doesn't really have that. He's just, he's just straight up kill. That's true. You know, and... He's and, not going to fall for shit. Yeah, yeah, he's not, because he's just going to move forward. And, and you know, ultimately, you know, I, I think, I think Jason's going to take Wednesday down. All right, so we're going to have to move Jason on to the fucking final. 
Wow, Dom, this shit's getting heated now. You ready to get to our last our last matchup that's going to be before our final? You know what? You know what else? Actually, you know what gives Jason Wait. the edge in this is also he's pissed off because his mom is dead and Wednesday still has a mom. Wow. He's raging. So, yeah, she's done. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Got to give him the babyface Ricky Morton sympathy factor. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. He, de- he definitely <laughs> turned babyface there. <laughs> All right. In our last one to get to the final man. Sam for Trick or Treat versus the mulleted baby from Dead Alive. With two black belts With and a hankering for pancakes. black belts. If it smells like fucking maple syrup, throw the fucker back. So, Pan- so, Evil Dead Baby already killed one retard with Dennis. So, so you're calling Sam a retard? No, I'm, I'm saying that his busload of, of, of his busload of retards very, very does, offensive. Does, doesn't his busload of don't appreciate that term. Don't. <laughs> his busload of mentally retarded children uh, <laughs> does not factor into this because I think I think uh, Evil, uh, Dead Alive Baby just fucking takes them out right off the bat. Um, and, and I think when it comes right down to it, Sam has not mastered the martial arts. Yeah, you, you got to give it to the Dead Alive. Yeah, the, I think the mullet is going to lead him against the final. So yeah. we have shit. We have Jason Voorhees against the baby from Dead Alive. Wow, that's our that's our final round here with the mullet and Dennis and two black belts. So I think it's only fair that for the main event. Of our horror kids battle royale, we have to call in managers. Okay. So, I think that Jason's manager, um, you know, in his corner, obviously it's going to be his mom's ghost. Yeah. You know, in uh, Freddy versus Jason, she, right. as as Freddy portrayed her, maybe it is Freddy portraying Jason's mom's ghost. Yeah. Maybe in a swerve. Maybe there's going to be a double cross later. Oh shit! You never know. Yeah, but <laughs> who who knows if it's real Jason's mom? And then you have Dennis wearing, or no, you have the baby from Dead Alive wearing Dennis's scalped mullet and two black belts. And in his corner, we will have Biff. Wow. Biff the dog. Biff. Just Biff. Just Biff. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be much help. (laughs) I don't think think he is. So it's almost like a handicap match. Yeah, yeah. It is. Biff almost being like a celebrity manager. You can just stand there. Yeah. But not really get involved. Yeah. Unless it, it is maybe for the one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's actually Biff dressed like Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Biff just wants to have fun. <laughs> so, so he can be there for moral support, but he can't take bumps. Yeah. And, and as a former wrestling manager myself, it's important that you need to be able to fall. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then you ain't shit. Sorry, Biff. <laughs> so so does Biff hang his head in shame and go back to the locker room after being berated by you yeah. as an impartial commentator? Yeah. I'm the heel commentator. All so, right. So, you know, I, I, I yeah. But All right. So how does this go then? So you got the, the mulleted baby from Dead Alive against Jason. And martial arts. But Jason's already proven he can stand up what, to a boxer. What's this? We just got word back in the locker room. Biff is not happy after being ejected. Biff, don't do it, Biff. Biff has a steel chair. Biff's, Biff's hitting the ringside. He's sliding it in. Oh shit! What's what's this? The baby from Dead Alive crawls over to the steel chair, unable to lift the steel chair because it's a fucking baby. <laughs> Biff straps a third black belt around the baby 
Uh-oh. The baby is now able to lift the chair. What's this? Biff, with a fanny pack full of Corey Feldman's Coke. <laughs> Throws it in the baby's face? Throws it in the baby's face. It's the chair shot from hell. Sending Jason Voorhees back to the bottom of the lake. Back to the lake. It's over. It's over. It's over. You gotta give it to the baby from Dead Alive. Wearing the Dennis's scalp, mullet. Dennis's mullet. Three black belts. Three black belts. A hankering for pancakes. With Biff in his corner, but Biff also has that. Also is like the old black guy from Punch Out. <laughs> He's also got. Or, or like the guy from Rocky. Yeah. He's kind of like on a bike. You know? Women waking knees. <laughs> Eat the fucking egg. Zero Biff Ohio. Eat the fucking egg and be one of us. Or you cannot get a drink here, Don. That's right. You eat the egg. I ate the egg. Don ate the egg and he got a drink. I did. He ate the entire egg. So that's it for our fucking Horror Kids Battle Royale. And the, the baby from Dead Alive takes it. The baby from Dead Alive wearing the scalped mullet of Dennis. Three back foot. <laughs> black belts backflips probably that too yeah and uh you know you got Biff with the ice pack on its chest yeah you got this baby you got this <laughs> he's saying cut me Biff <laughs> <laughs> that's it so yeah that's it for our horror kids battle royale that's 45 minutes the grudge has been settled the grudge has been settled thank you and good night yeah and so I guess uh that will wrap the show up for us. Uh, be sure to hit up our Patreon. Give us money. If you can't give us money, then look us up on iTunes or Stitcher. Subscribe there. Give us that five-star review. All of those things help us out greatly. Tell your friends about us. Tell your friends' friends about us. Tell your grandma about us. And as H.P. Lovecraft once said... Yeah, pre-order a shirt. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft once said to pre-order the shirts. It helps us easier. <laughs> it's easier to print them when you have the money ahead of time. <laughs> And as H.P. Lovecraft once said, as he waited till the end of the show and snuck back out to the ring and just scooped up a little bit of that cocaine left in the ring. If it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. Let me tell you about the moonlight and night When creepy crawler Goobandos came in a flash of light All this glowing goop came pouring out and then they appeared And they each got different powers, though they're all kind of weird You could say I made some new friends, even though I'm not sure how But me no Grime has my matchmaker now He's making evil crime rhymes, I've got to stop him somehow Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.